This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Hey, man, I tell you, this is one of my favorite days of the week. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Church, that's, that's where it's happening at. This is my favorite place to be. Glory to God. Well, tonight we're going to be talking about, uh, you didn't see this on Facebook because Pastor Dave wasn't here to put it on for me, but the title is, What is Your Second Language? What is your second language? And you think about second language? Well, my second language is English. My first language is the language of faith. Amen. Because I'm a spirit being before I'm a physical being. And so if you're going to navigate through this world successfully, you've got to learn the language of faith. We're going to look at that in the Word of God tonight. And matter of fact, matter of fact, you may not know it or not, this pastor didn't know what I was going to teach, but she was testing you in the language of faith. Because the language of faith is the language of speaking God's Word. And, uh, oh, I got, I, I can't get ahead of myself, man. I'm just getting warmed up right now. But anyway, that was a very good test. That surprised me how many of you did not know the language of faith concerning your monies and how things work. You gotta learn the language of faith if you're gonna succeed in this world. Amen? Amen or oh me? Amen. <laughs> Alright, I want to show you a couple of things out of the bookstore. This is an excellent book, uh, called, called God's Creative Power. I know that when I, when I went to, over Ukraine years ago, and even when I went down to Mexico the first time years ago, uh, I, I bought little books they had back then. They didn't have internet and all the different things, how to do stuff. So I bought little books to try to carry in my pocket to learn phrases. Because I knew you had to learn phrases in these nations here in case you got unhooked from the people that spoke both languages so you could be able to at least say something halfway to try to get by. So we bought little books like this. And I highly recommend these little language books to learn the language of faith. If you want to learn the language of faith, buy these little books. And then here's another one. God's creative power for healing. If you learn to speak the language of faith over healing and health, then you can uh, be able to walk in divine health. I went to my heart doctor yesterday. He wanted to give me a big old stress test thing. So they put me on this treadmill and cranked it up and turned it up. They didn't think I could do eight minutes. But they cranked it up and all I said was, bring it on. But one time we got that last minute, though, they got so fast and running so hard. All I was doing, I was praying in tongues, but tongues were coming out very slow. I was praying in tongues and speaking the word all the time I read that thing. But I got off of it, recovered really quickly. and uh, I mean, really quick. I told, told, told the girl, I said, Debbie, I said, let's do a couple laps around the building. Now I'm just getting warmed up. And I'm glad she didn't say let's do it. I would have said just kidding. <laughs> but anyway, doctor got done. He came there and looked at everything like that. And he said, uh, what was his world? I wrote it down. I was just talking. Wonderful. He said, I'm very happy of what I see. He said, normal, normal, normal. Good, good, good. And said, you can swim. I said, yeah, you told me that before. I said, maybe I'll try it out soon and see if I really can. <laughs> In other words, he said, I can do whatever I want to do. He said, you can go swimming. And I said, good. I couldn't swim before, but I can swim now. That's wonderful what you guys do. Okay, so we got these books right. I want to read you something out of this one that uh, Charles Capp said by inspiration of the Lord years ago. And this has always stuck me. Listen to these words right here. The Word of God conceived in the heart, formed by the tongue, and spoken out of the mouth, is creative power. When God's Word 
comes alive in your heart and you speak it out of your mouth, you're not just speaking the Scripture, you're speaking the living Word of God. And when God's Word comes out of your mouth, it brings healing. It brings jobs. It brings reconciliation in homes. Whatever it is that God's Word says, when it comes alive in you, out of your mouth in faith, it'll bring to pass in your life exactly what God said you're supposed to have. Amen? I'm excited about this tonight. and uh, I, I, I just can't wait to see what's going to come out and what's going to do in your lives because I want to see everybody here win in life at every arena you're in. And I was thinking about our, our mission a while ago. We was at a leader's conference back in the springtime and uh, he was talking about it. I was looking at the Walmart shirt. And he was talking about the mission of Walmart, the mission of J.C. Penney's and, and uh, Apple and different ones, the, their mission statements, the things they do, what they do. I was thinking about our mission statement. Uh, God gave me way back in the 1990s as equipping God's families for victorious Christian living. And I was thinking, is that what I'm doing tonight? I want to make sure that I'm with the mission. That's our mission to equip you to win. You know, you can't take a preacher home in your back pocket but you take the Word of God home in your heart. And when the devil attacks your home at 2 o'clock in the morning, you know, you're probably not going to get a hold of me, but the Word of God will get you out of that at 2 o'clock in the morning. You know, if, you, if your family has battles, when you're a thousand miles away on vacation, you don't know another human being out there, but you know the Word of God, Jesus back up the Word of God wherever you are, what's ever going on. My mission, that's my purpose of this church, is to love people, and teach you how to win in life where you don't have to all the time. And, you know, I, I, I've said this a lot. And I really believe it. You ought to get to the place where you don't have to call the 1-800 prayer line where you give people your number and say, hey, I'm the way to 1-800 prayer line. You call me day or night and I'll pray. And God will move in your life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Somebody clap. All right. I want you to look at Second Corinthians chapter 4, <clears throat> verse 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. And I'll give you just a second to get there because I want to make sure you see it with your eyes. 2 Corinthians 4, 13. You can put mine on the screen. Mrs. Pastor didn't want it, but that, that didn't mean mine. You can put mine up there. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm teaching a language class. All right. We having the same spirit of faith. According to as is written, look at this, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. He said he speaks what he believes. We also believe, and therefore speak. Faith always has a voice. I want to say that again. Faith always has a voice. And you know what he said? We have the same spirit of faith, and I know when I was a baby Christian, for I heard this verse taught and understand it, I had, I had, I had, I, I just kind of got the idea, well, there's a spirit of faith, like there's a Holy Spirit, and there's different spirits. He's not talking about a spirit you get, he's talking about an attitude you get. You know, I, I, I always think about when I was in high school, uh, when I was in high school, that was right after President Kennedy, does everybody remember President Kennedy? He got killed when I was in high school during the next times, but anyway, back, back in those days, we used to have these things called pep rallies. Anybody ever have? Did you still do pep rallies for ball games? Well, the school would all get to come down to the gymnasium for the big football game or basketball game. 
But one of these things they'd say is, we've got the Spirit. Well, the Spirit they have is attitude. we got the attitude. We're going to win. You know, whether it's for a big game, a tournament, or whatever it was, they want to get the whole school fired up because they wanted much, they wanted as much of us to come to the games as we get there <clears throat> because if the student body was at the ball games, we were fired up. That did something for the team. And so, anyway, when he said we got the spirit of faith, spirit of faith is an attitude. And when you begin to learn to speak the language, you know, I, I, I joke around and, uh, I'm so glad that my Spanish speaking friends know that they love the pastor and I joke around, but I, I can't speak Spanish. You know, I, I, man, I come from Gringo land. I come from, I come from Indiana, man, where, man, there wasn't anything like any Spanish speaking people, man. We just, just a bunch of, bunch of little old hillbilly people. We, we spoke hillbilly. We didn't speak Spanish. So when I come out here. I hear the Spanish talk and sometimes I joke around about words, you know, and I'll say taco. Or I'll say bonus nachos. I just say different things. You know, like you just kind of joke about it. I don't know the language. But I know a few of the phrases that I've, that I've learned. And sometimes it's nice when you're around serious people that don't know you to be able to pop out a few phrases. And then like we eat the Mexican restaurants, you know, I know some of the waitresses and servers and stuff like that. And they kind of talk with me back and forth a little bit. But on the serious side, if you're in a place like Southern California... It'd really be nice to be able to speak some of the language, to know some things like that to get around. Well, the spirit of faith in the world we're in is much more serious. You need to learn the spirit of faith. You need to learn the language of faith. And so I think about, you know, when you go to a foreign country, uh, you need to start picking up some phrases. You know, like, like where's the banjo? Or Robert? Banjo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we was down in Nicaragua. <laughs> that's what I said. Sorry, that's what I said. Didn't mean to booger it up. When I was down in Nicaragua, when it was out of this place, I tried to find the bathroom, but all I saw was the banjo room. <laughs> and, Robert, and Robert said, that means restroom. I said, remember that place we had? We were down there. <clears throat> anyway, I know what it is now. If I'm someplace and I see that, I know it's safe to go in there. And so what I'm saying is, it's nice to start learning some faith phrases. Some things to be able to help you navigate in this faith arena. And I want to show you from the Word of God why that, why that is so plain the Word of God. And so look at Philemon, verse 6. That's one little chapter in one book right before the book of Hebrews. So flip through there till you come to <clears throat> Timothy, Thessalonians, Titus. And then you'll come to the book of Philemon. I want you to see verse 6. And the Holy Spirit through Paul said this, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. He said for your faith to be effective, you've got to talk about the new you. You've got to talk about what Jesus has done in you what Jesus has done for you, and what Jesus wants to do through you to reach out to other people. The New Testament teaches all those things new birth. Number one, and this is where most Christians stop at, Jesus died for my sins. And that's as far as they go. 
They know that He did something for them, but they don't realize He's doing something in them. And that what He did in them is so He works through them to do something to other people, to help pull them into the kingdom of God with the love of God, the power of God, the anointing of God. And so that's what He, that's what he said right here. For your faith to be effective, you got to start talking about every good thing is in you in Christ Jesus. And let me tell you, there are too many Christians miss the boat. Why they fail. Why they never have anything except wines and not testimonies. By wines, I'm not talking about drinking. I'm talking about whining. You know, whining all the time. You know, the oh, if it wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. That poor old me. The devil's been chasing me all week. You know, I just don't know what I'm going to do. There's demons everywhere. It's just, oh, it's just so horrible out there in the world. I work around sinners all day long. I don't know what I'm going to do. None of my family say, blah, 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 blah. And I, and myself, I'm a worm and I'm the lowest worm and I just, et cetera, et cetera. And all the bad things I ever did. I don't know how God ever gave me. I'm a nobody. I'm less than a nobody. And I can't believe how bad I messed up this week. Oh, it was such a horrible week. I did this and I did that. So low down, so horrible, I blew it again. I don't know. I don't know. What am I ever going to do? Oh, why, why, why am I even coming to church anymore? I'm a hypocrite. I'm a phony. What am I going to do? That's not the language of faith. And I've heard some of that from some of you recently. That's not the language of faith. He said for your faith to be effective, he said you need to start acknowledging every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus. How many know that you're a spirit being? You have a soul. Your mind's a part of your soul. Your mind, your will, your emotions, your emotional realm's part of your soulical realm, which is not your spirit. And you live in a physical body. Second Corinthians 5, 7 says, we're to live by faith and not by sight. You look at yourself in the mirror and, and the devil great big tattoo right in the middle of your forehead. Loser! But then... If you take your faith shirt off, remember Superman? I saw Superman back in the 50s. I know they've had a new one since then. I don't know about them. I know about the real Superman. The real one was in the 50s. But anyway, when Clark Kent got in the phone booth and took it off, man, he had the great big S on there. Well, you've got a great big S on your spirit, man. And your spirit, man, is full of Jesus Christ. And so when you see that big L on the forehead, you say, nope, I've been rebranded. I'm spirit, man. Christ is in me. Greater sense than me that hits in the world. And what are you doing? You're talking about who lives in you. Not the one attacking you on the outside trying to hit your head. Something you've got to learn about the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God always talks to your heart. The devil always talks to your head. And when you get your heart trained to speak the language of faith, and you get your head trained to shut off that language of English, or Spanish, whatever it is you like to talk, and let faith start coming out first, then your English language, your Spanish language, would be much more effective because you're speaking what God said to speak. You speak what God said to speak, you're going to change circumstances instead of circumstances changing you. Amen. I like another thing Charles Capps said. By the way, he was one of my Bible school teachers back in back in the early 80s. But Charles Capps said, uh, asked the believers, said, said, well, how are you doing? He said, well, uh, <clears throat> Under the circumstances, he said, I said, what are you doing under the circumstances? You've got authority over the circumstances. 
That's all I'm going to say to you. What are you doing under the circumstances? You're supposed to tread upon serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy. Do better preaching than you are shouting. Amen. And so as a born-again Christian, you need to start talking. Do you see the verse right there? You need to start talking about what Jesus is doing in you. And so I, I, want, I want to look at three quick verses in the book of Hebrews to take you a little further along this thought line to show you how serious this is with God. Go to Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. And Mrs. Pastor, I like the language test you did. How many know that you're being tested every day? And I, I want to speak, speak to the people that's in my age category. Uh, we got the Frank and the Veronica. We got the Pam. And who else around here is getting up there just a little bit? We got Tom back there. Well, I'll tell you, when you, when you get to be our age, the devil wants you to get up and talk about aches and pains. And talk about these, you're probably in the same category, getting up a little bit to be able to understand this. You get up, he wants you. <laughs> we, got, we got more people I thought of this age. He wants you to get up and start talking about how bad you feel, about your pains, about your aches, about all the stuff and what are you going to do. But we need to start getting up and saying what the Word of God says. We need to start getting up and what Mrs. Pastor has been doing all of her Christian life. Psalms 103 verse 5 says, My youth is renewed like the eagles. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Second Corinthians 4.16 says, Though my outward man perish, Cletus, you're in the category too. You can talk it too. <laughs> Though the outward man perish, yet, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. The outward man is decaying and gets older. But I've been studying the Old Testament and Moses was an example we can follow. But he's 120 years old. God said, Moses, it's time for you to go. And so Moses went and picked out his burial spot, and God buried him. But it says that when Moses died, it says he had all of his strength. And it said he had 20-20 vision. It says his eyesight did not fail. And so I believe, as we're getting older, if we'll stay hold of the Word of God coming out of our mouth, we take authority over those aches and pains and cause things to change over our hearing. And you know, I would never make that dumb joke that some older people make. Huh? Huh? Well, yeah, they say it's the first thing to go. You know, I say, that's the first thing to stay with me. I'm going to keep my hearing. I'm not going to be in bondage to hearing aids. Now, if you have to wear a hearing aid, I'm not, putting, I'm not throwing trash on you. Do what you got to do to do. But I am not going to be in bondage to hearing aids. Uh, my mother-in-law had hearing aids the last several years of her life. She, uh, I, I, what, what was she, 95? 95 years old. And boy, I tell you what, when those batteries started messing up with her thing, man, it was hard to have a conversation. She just said, I don't want that. God said he'd give me power out of love and of a sound mind. And so I'm going to confess what God says. I've got, I've got power and love and a sound mind. That's the language of faith said what God's Word says about you. So Hebrews chapter 3. I want to look at a few things here in Hebrews. Hebrews is about the, you know, this is something else too a lot of Christians don't know much about. The book of Hebrews is about the present day ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus didn't just die and go to heaven as doing nothing. 
book of Hebrews tells us everything Jesus is doing today. And so Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, tells us this. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. Will that be me? Would that be you? Are you a partaker of the heavenly calling? Are you holy brethren? Are you holy brethren or are you a bunch of church full of sinners? We're holy brethren. It says, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. And if you've got a modern translation, it says confession. Or if you've got a center column like mine, it says the Greek word for profession is confession. And so Jesus is the apostle and high priest of our confession. If you're taking notes, write this down. That word confession comes with the Greek word homologia. H-O-M-O-L-O-G-I-A. H-O-M-O-L-O-G-I-A. Homologia means to say the same as. It says Jesus is the apostle and high priest. He watches over our words. And as we say the same as the word of God says about our situation, about our life, Jesus is watching to make sure it comes to pass. He wants to hear the language of faith. Homologia is the language of faith. Say what God says. When I bring my tithe to the altar, I've got it prayed over. If I'm facing things in life, I'm already talking the language of faith. Lord, I want to thank you. The witness ever open on what I'm facing. I want to thank you, Lord. You are rebuking the devourer for me because your word says so. Lord, this is my holy tithe. This is your word. You said, bring my tithe to the storehouse. Lord, I'm in the church. Here's your altar. Here's my tithe. That's the devourer. Your God. You said, I bring, you rebuke. I want to thank you, Lord. You rebuke the devourer for my sake. I want to thank you, Lord. That no matter how bad this looks right now. And Lord, you know, in the natural, this looks impossible. With you, nothing's impossible. What am I doing? I'm speaking the language of faith. I've said everything he already said. He said, with God, nothing's impossible. He said, with faith, it's always possible to please him. He said, when we speak the language of faith, Jesus is the apostle and high priest of our faith today, right now, not past tense. It says, the high priest of our confession. The high priest of ours saying the same as. And so, you know, it's, 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 it's like this. God honors faith and people that don't operate in faith can pray for mercy, but there comes a point in time when mercy runs thin because God expects you to learn the language. You know, I suppose after being in California almost 15 years, maybe I ought to know some more Spanish besides, uh, I don't know. I'll say it wrong if I say it, so I won't say it. I told the lady at uh, Jenny's the other day, I said, two of my favorite words right here. As I was checking out, I said, I just had fiesta. Now I'm going to go home and have siesta. <laughs> Did I get those right? Yeah. Amen. Well, those are not hard to learn. But the whole thing is, you need to learn these phrases. And by these phrases, you know, I'm just using, I'm just Making up something, you know, go off the Word of God. You need to learn these verses. I'm going to call it phrases. Because we're talking about a language. And so he's an apostle and high priest of our confession. He's watching what we say. So we must train 
at discipline ourselves to say what the Bible says. Everything we're facing in life. And by the way, how many were here Sunday night? Very many of you here Sunday night. Pastor Dave had a word of knowledge about wayward children and things Sunday night. So awesome. I talked, I talked to Frank a while ago and Frank was giving me a testimony this week. Uh, he had lots of miracles happen to his family of kids and grandkids and things. They had to talk to him sometime calling and the door opened. But that was being under the corporate anointing Sunday night where the word of knowledge kicked in through Pastor Dave and my wife and I were up there. Everybody was up there that had children. They want to see God do something in. That's so awesome to see that happen. But I know that, I know that Frank has been speaking the language of faith, been watching him for months. He's getting a hold of it and faith is becoming one of his primary languages now. And because of that, things are breaking loose. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand for what he's doing in the lives of the people. Look at chapter 4. Go over one chapter. Chapter 4. And look at verse 14. And you know, I know that uh, when God says something, here's something I picked up on years ago. I don't know if you've caught this or not. But when God says something over and over again, the same thing over and over again, that means He wants you to get it. He wants you to catch it. He wants you to understand it. So Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 says this, Seeing then that we have, that's current, present tense, a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Let us hold fast our confession because we have a great high priest watching our confession. Let us hold fast our confession. And what that said is this, keep saying over and over every day what the Bible says, Till it becomes our native language. I'm so grateful that last year, that by the time I got attacked with that blood cancer and the heart attack, I was already speaking my native language. And the main thing I spoke through that was one of my, I'm going to call it a phrase, was one of my verses that's very real to me for situations like last year. Cause you know, when you're in a, when you're in a, when you're in a, a country there, if you, have to go to the bathroom, man, you want to ask him where the lemonade stand is. You know, you get the wrong phrase out there, man, you don't want to drink more, you want to go to the bathroom. Hey, man, you want to say the right thing. So, last year, as I was going through those things, I kept quoting Psalms 91.16 to the Lord. Lord, because I set my love upon you, you said, with long life will you satisfy me and show me your salvation. Well, that word salvation there means deliverance, safety, preservation, and health. And so I kept saying, Lord, your word says in Psalms 91, 16, because I've set my love upon you, you'll satisfy me with long life. Lord, she's seven years old right now. And I turned 68 last year. I said, Lord, I'm only 68 years old. That's not long life yet. You said I'm with long life. And so I want to thank you, Lord, for long life. What am I doing? I speak in the language of the kingdom of God. And you've got to speak the language of the kingdom of God. You know what I didn't say? I didn't say, well, the doctor said. I said, Lord, your word says. The doctor's diagnosed that Jesus is the only one that can heal. Hey, y'all talked to somebody the other day. He's talking about different things like this. and Somebody said something like, in remission, huh? I said, no. Remission's not in the Bible. Healing's in the Bible. 
Somebody said, oh, you're a cancer survivor, huh? I said, no, I'm not a survivor. I'm healed. Survivor is not in the language book. Remission is not in the language book. Healing, health is in the language book. Somebody said, well, I thought I was a survivor. Well, if you want to, you can be a survivor. I like being healed and being a thriver. Amen. Would you rather be a thriver than a survivor? Would you rather flourish? Would you rather live long? Do you want your uh, thing you were diagnosed with just remitted? Or do you want total healing? Speak the language. Don't speak the slang. <laughs> Glory to God. All right. And so I want you to look at chapter 10, verse 23. Chapter 10, verse 23. And, you know, I, I realize tonight as I'm teaching, I've become pretty fluent in the language. Because I've, I've just really tried not to go too deep or too fast. But this is my first language. The language of faith has been my first language for so many years. I forgot that language of the world. The language of faith has prospered my family. The language of faith has kept my kids and my grandkids alive and healed out of accidents, out of bad calamities of life. The language of faith has brought blessings to the marriages of my children. The language of faith changes everything. Hebrews 10.23 Let us hold fast the profession or the confession. Let us hold fast the confession of our fears our worries, our diseases, our poverties, our lacks, our dumbness, our inabilities. What does it say? Hold fast the confession of what? Our faith without wavering. Why is that? For He is faithful that promised. Who's He that promised? The Apostle and High Priest of our faith that watches our words. Jesus is watching our words and hear what we're going to say. He's watching our words since anything he can back up. And when we speak the word, he backs it up. And you know, I, I want to think about Frank. You know, he gave you quite a lengthy testimony a while ago. Man, that guy had lots of things popping and breaking loose. That's because he'd been speaking the language for a while. Speaking the language for a while, Jesus is watching what's going on. And while Jesus watched the words of faith come out of that man's mouth, I'm sure Veronica's in there speaking it too. But as they're speaking those words of faith concerning their family, all of a sudden, things that the devil has worked on for years trying to destroy the family, now Jesus is involved, speaking the language of faith, and so Jesus has angels out there working on family members, has the Holy Spirit out there speaking the hearts, and then the, la- the Lord of the harvest sent laborers to cross their paths and doing things to get things turned around. That's the language of faith working. Just get anybody's attention. Amen. I want to say it again. What's your primary language? Well, my secondary language is English. I got I got a third language too called tongues. I use it a lot. Amen. Amen. Then I guess Spanish would be down there on the bottom of the list somewhere. But I guess if I'm ever the pastor of a Spanish-speaking church, I will either have a really good interpreter or I better learn some things. Amen. And so it says, hold fast and confess of our faith. And, and so uh, we're familiar in California, these two, two languages, Spanish and English. And so it's nice to learn. It's nice to learn some of the phrases and things. 
And so I want to look at some basic verses to learn if you want to navigate through the spiritual arena effectively. I want you to look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. And I just wanted to go through here and look at some things to me. They're basic phrases like, uh, you know, I hope I say this stuff right. I think I do. I've been saying it for years now and nobody laughs at me in the restaurants. Gracias. Is that a basic that comes out okay? Yeah. And then Donata. But sometimes I get them backwards. A girl comes up there, she has my stuff, I look at her, I go Donata. Then she starts laughing. <laughs> so I just try to keep them straight and things like that. And uh, I got another one that learned uh, out in Nicaragua, Muy Bien. And then I got another learned in Nicaragua, Mucho Gusto. That means big pleasure. Uh, Back there, they uh, was eating at a restaurant in Nicaragua, and really nice restaurant. And the guy served us, and I said, "I said, gracias." And I expect to get a donada back. He didn't give me a donada. He gave me a mucho gusto. So I asked the interpreter. I said, "How come you didn't give me a donada?" I said, "He owed me a donada." And he said, "Mucho gusto." And I said, "I said, he said, he said, big pleasure on his end." And so I thought, well, they've been to Carl's Jr. You ever been to Carl's Jr.? I always say, "My pleasure." I thought, yeah, this guy was trained at Carl's Jr. But mucho gusto. And so, you know, you know, there's a few phrases I picked up that kind of try to help me do a little better. But I wanted to show you some basic phrases that I really think will really benefit you to navigate the faith arena. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. And this is one I learned probably, my, I bet you I wasn't three or four months old. By the way, I'm turning 40 in January. And, uh, you know, that means 40 years old in the Lord. That's what counts. The first 28 and a half years of my life don't count. They were dead. <clears throat> I come alive in uh, January 1980. Philippians 4.13, Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I learned as a young Christian that I did not have to look to my ability I'd look to his ability on the inside of me. And so, whatever I am given a task in life by God, whoever I'm facing something that I see the big L word trying to rise up, loser, 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 you can't do this, there's no way, no way, no way. I stand up big. I puff my spiritual faith chest out. I say, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. The bigger they are, the harder they fall for the glory of God. Hey man, do you hear what I'm saying? That's a phrase. That's the language of faith. Whatever, you know, you're challenged. You know, I think about, I've seen some of you guys, some of you gals the last few years go to get CDL licenses and stuff. Or go to take a test for a job. Or go to do something you think there's no way. Man, if that was me, and I was on the way to that test, I'd say Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things Christ with strength as me. I'll pass this test. I'm going into this interview, and it looks like I don't have enough education. It looks like I don't have enough of this. I don't have enough of that. I walk into that door all the way in there. I've said, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I'll look this interviewer right in the eye. I'll have confidence. I won't be cocky. But I'll be secure in Christ. And I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. That's the language of faith. That's the spirit of faith. 
that's an attitude of faith. That's not being boisterous or haughty. That's having confidence in the one that lives inside of you. Can you understand what I'm saying? You need to learn that. You know, if I was to give a test, let's just say this was a Spanish class tonight. And some of you were going to be interviewed for a job where you had to speak Spanish. And you had six weeks to really get fluent enough in Spanish to be able to get that job. And that job was going to pay some really big bucks, some really great uh, benefits, and all that kind of stuff there. said, Pastor, I know that you really don't laugh, but if I were. Pastor, I know you really got this Spanish language down. And you say you're going to be teaching, teaching Spanish for an hour for the next six Wednesdays in a row. I say, yeah, but this is only for serious people. Now, if you really want to learn it, you come every Wednesday night, I guarantee you at the end of six weeks you'll be able to speak enough to get that job. You'll impress them. You know, I'll bet you, I'll bet you, I can teach you some phrases. I'll tell you, learn this next week, so I'm giving you a test. And if you don't learn these basic phrases by next week, there's no need to come back the next week then because I can't take you any further. I'll guarantee you, I'll bet you I'd have 90% of you that would come back, you'd learned it. What if I were to say this? Okay, guys, there's a big test out there in the world's coming your way. If you don't learn Philippians 4.13 by next week, I can't take you any further. Next week, I'm going to test you all on Philippians 4.13. See how many of you know Philippians 4.13 by next week. If you don't learn it, there's no way in six weeks from now you're going to be where you're supposed to be if you don't learn Philippians 4.13. Isn't that how life goes? You take the test. If you don't get the foundation, you can't go any further. How many have ever heard, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me? How many knew where it was in the Bible where if I would have come here tonight and said, all right, somebody tell me where I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me is? Got a few hands that knew where it was. That is great. Those guys are alerted the language. So you guys are already a, a class ahead. All right, we'll take you to the seizure class then. But anyway, I've been very serious about this. When you get it established in your heart, to where just as easy, just as easy as two plus two is four, three times three is nine, six by six is thirty-six, whatever. It's basic math tables that you've learned. When it becomes natural to you, at the first time of a challenge, the first thing out of you is Philippians four thirteen. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I'm going through this thing. We're going to get this done. When that becomes that natural to you, then you're starting to become fluent in the language of faith. Look at Colossians one thirteen. Colossians 1.13, this is right next to this, so I just wanted to make this easy to see this. <clears throat> Colossians 1.13 says, Who hath, who has delivered us from the authority of darkness and translated us to the kingdom of his dear son. And so I want, I want, what I want you to get is this. It says, Who has delivered us from the power or the authority of darkness. Why are you trying to get delivered from alcohol? Why are you trying to get delivered from dope? Why are you trying to get delivered? Jesus has delivered you. Start speaking the language of faith. Whatever it is, Satan has a stronghold your life with. Every time that comes, every time that temptation knocks at your door, you answer with faith. Say, oh no, you don't, Satan. I've been delivered. Colossians 1.13, I've been delivered from your authority. I've been delivered from your power. I've been delivered from this. I've delivered from lying. 
I've delivered from pornography. I've delivered, devil, I've delivered from your addiction. I've delivered from gossip. I've delivered from bad temper. I've delivered from that negativity. I've delivered. I'm talking about faith needs to become your first language. Colossians 1.13 doesn't say he's going to deliver you. says he has delivered you. And that's what I want you to see is that the Word of God <coughs> tells you you've already got the victory. Amen. I want you to see another. Look at 2 Timothy 1.7. We taught all of our kids 2 Timothy 1.7 from the time they were in diapers probably. And I suspect many of you have too. But guess what? 2 Timothy 1.7 works for adults, not only children. You know, children, we teach them 2 Timothy 1.7 so they'll be able to go to sleep and not be afraid of the boogeyman. How many know the boogeyman tries to attack adults too? No, I'm serious. You go to bed at night time, but you go to bed at night time, the lights are out, the house is quiet, and all of a sudden, all those fearful thoughts about tomorrow start hitting you. Your stomach starts getting in knots. You think about <clears throat> what's going to happen when you get the job tomorrow. You think about what's going to happen when that bill comes due tomorrow. You think about what's going to happen. Will that car make it to work tomorrow? Etc., etc. When those things hit you at night time, you got to deal with them with the language of faith. Second Timothy 1.7 says what? Who can quote that? For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. That's a faith phrase you need to learn. You need to learn. You need to learn. And you need to speak. And, and always learn chapter, verse, so you can find it short to somebody else. Second Timothy 1, 7, you need to begin confessing because he said confess every good thing is in you because of Christ Jesus. What's in you? The spirit of power, spirit of love, spirit of a sound mind. That's in you. What's trying to hit you from the outside? The spirit of fear. Fear hits from the outside, but the Holy Spirit's in you, and the Holy Spirit's God's spirit. And God's spirit has no fear. And you have a born-again spirit with God's spirit, and so you need to begin confessing when things hit you. You just start saying, no, 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 devil. God did not give me the spirit of fear, but a power and a love and a sound mind that's not just little kids' verse. That's a big kids' verse. We face things. I, mean, I remember back when I was a truck driver. Sometimes I made mistakes on the job or did some things that uh, could have cost a cut of money. Got me in trouble, man. I knew all the way in, man. I parked that semi, man. I knew the boss was waiting. The boss was waiting. The boss was waiting. And but I get talked to him that night. <clears throat> I go to bed at night time. Got to see him in the morning. Got to see him in the morning. Got to talk to the boss in the morning. I was getting hit. Go to get fired, go to lose it, go to lay you off, just all that stuff there all night long. That's say, God didn't give me the spirit of fear, part of love and mind. Second Timothy 1 7. God did not give me the spirit of fear, but part of love and a sound mind. I have favor. I have favor. Speak in the language of faith. You've got to learn how to do that if you're going to be successful in this realm we live in. Amen? Amen. I, I just want to look at a couple of these things here just to help you. James 4 7. <clears throat> I didn't realize when I was writing these things down today, man, they're all on the same category. But they're just simple. Uh, language, faith, and just think about this as, as, as you're learning phrases to be able to go down to Mexico on a missions trip 
and you want to be able to talk to some of the people down there that don't speak any English enough to get by and make it through there. James 4, 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. James 4, 7. Submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Well, what's second, second Timothy 1, 7? The spirit of fear. Where's it from? God didn't give it to you, so where's it from? The devil. And so when fear comes, God said, submit to him. You submit to God by submitting to his word. And so his word says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. I like what I heard Gloria Copeland say years ago, so he's helped me. said, you cannot resist thoughts with thoughts. you got to use words to take care of those thoughts. Because those thoughts in the Ephesians chapter 6, those are called fiery darts. Fiery darts are to hit your mind, to get your mouth to speak them. So when those fear things come, you got to open your mouth. you got to say, Satan, I bind you in Jesus' name. Fear, I resist you in Jesus' name. You're not from God. I bind you, fear, in the name of Jesus. I've got faith in Jesus. The name of Jesus is greater than you, devil. I bind you. I resist you. Get behind me, Satan. You got to speak out of your mouth what the Bible says to do. It says you resist the devil. And one thing I got to throw out that too many Christians do, you don't pray about the devil. You don't say, Jesus, do something about the devil. Jesus said, <clears throat> you've been delivered from the authority of darkness. Jesus said, you resist. So Jesus told us to use his name, not to ask him to do something that he told us to do. He's got his part. He's watching over our confession. He's the apostle and high priest of our confession. Our part is do the talking. His part's to bring it to pass. Man, I sure hope you're getting this. The language of faith. First Peter 2.24. I'm looking at two more verses just to help you. And you pick up on these and you'll have enough to start navigating through this faith arena and winning some battles. 1 Peter 2.24 <clears throat> And I know about all of you know this one. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree <clears throat> that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye past tense, present tense, or future tense were healed. You were healed. You were healed. In the mind of God, God said, when Jesus took your sins, he took your sicknesses. And so we as believers need to start confessing what God's word says. As you're taking medicine, whatever you're doing, as you're praying, even, just keep on saying, Lord, I want to thank you. Your word says in 1 Peter 2.24, I was already healed. I want to thank you I was healed. And what are we doing? We're confessing every good thing that's in us in Christ Jesus. Healing is in us. Healing's in our spirit, but we've got to get it into our flesh sometimes. Amen. You know, healing's part of the covenant. It's in our spirit. And so we need to be confessing and saying what God says. It says, hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering. Last year, when I was diagnosed, I told you congregation members, I said, don't pray for me. I said, the elders of the church anointed me to follow the name of the Lord from James 5.14. They prayed the prayer of faith. And God said, the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. 
And so what I told you was this. I said, whatever you think about me, or if you see me coming in, I'm not looking very good, just thank the Lord that healing's working on my body. Because the prayer of faith's been prayed, and so you can thank the Lord. Don't ask Him to do what He's already doing, because He already said He did it. So we can thank Him that it's working in my body. It's working in my body. It's working in my body. And I praise God that I had a congregation full of faith standing with me. We had, who was was in here a while back? Some, some preacher in preaching said that I offended them. Said they wanted to pray for me somewhere like that, and I wouldn't let them. Was it, was it Steve, oh, Stephen Johnson. Yeah, Dr. Johnson was down at his church. He told his congregation, he said, I want to let you know, Pastor Samples offended me when I was at his church. I wanted to pray for him. He wouldn't let me. He said he was already healed. <laughs> well, the language of faith. I agree with the word. One more place I want to look at. First John chapter 4, verse 4. <clears throat> Just keep going to the right. How many like these phrases of this language you're seeing? Hey man, well, I'll tell you what, this is just some of the basics so you can navigate through this realm. First John 4, 4 says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, have past tense overcome the devil and his demons, because, why have we overcome? Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he that's in me that he that is in the world. Philemon 6 says, confess every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus. Greater is he that's in me than the sickness that's in the world. Greater is he that's in me than the addictions that are in the world. Greater is he that's in me than the strife that's in families that's in the world. Greater is the love of God that's in me. Greater is the faith of God that's in me. Greater is the Holy Ghost that's in me. Greater is the words that's in me than the demons that are in the world. Amen. I've got the faith of Jesus in me. I've got the anointing of Jesus in me. I've got the love of Jesus in me. I've got the Holy Ghost of God in me. I've got the Word of God in me. That's greater than the, Satan's greatest punch. Grace, Satan could throw his best at me, but his best will never be enough to overcome what's in me because what's in me has already overcome him. Did anybody see something tonight? Did something click tonight? Did something help you tonight? Did something inspire you tonight? I challenge you, these verses that I gave you tonight, go home and tomorrow start reading some of these out loud. Put them on three by five cards. Print them out. Put them on your refrigerator. Put them on your bathroom mirror. Put them on your pillow beside your bed or your nightstand. Carry them in your pocket. Start confessing these things and just as surely as if you were learning how to speak a foreign language for a trip you're taking, you're on a journey through this evil planet and you're on a trip right now. Learn to speak the language and it's going to go well. Amen. Well, let's stand up. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.